I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Twitter shuts off access to several third-party Twitter clients on zero notice. Twitter had the right to do it, but was Twitter right to do it? Apple announces new M2 processors, refreshed MacBook Pros, and less expensive Mac Minis in a recorded video. Have live press events for lesser announcements gone the way of the Dodo? Big tech layoffs continue into 2023, but when you look at the overall tech industry, things may not be as bad as they seem. And will Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which prevents platforms from being liable for content users post, be repealed? We've got all this and more for you in episode 67 of The Tech Job. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly is your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Powered by StreamYard. For all the the watchers who are watching us on video, looks like we've moved over. And clearly, uh, StreamYard is sponsoring this podcast. (laughs) 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 They need to be. I mean, StreamYard, holla at us. Shoot. What's going on, y'all? We're chilling, chilling, chilling. Can't complain. So I have had the opportunity to uh, look at Twitter comments. And I, I, I know I shouldn't get sucked into them. But. And this is not even a tech story. So uh, th- this is just a conversation that we're having because I didn't, I didn't realize how bad this was. But your boy over at Twitter, he just like killed some API, you know, you know, killed some APIs that companies have been using for 16 years and with no notice. And so I'm looking at like, you know, these companies like uh, Tweetbot and Twitterific, they're literally just shutting down because they just are. I, I, I don't want to say arbitrarily. I, I, I want I want to be. uh I want to be precise in my language. I think it was always in their terms of service that some of the things these companies were doing were not necessarily okay. But the fact that you allowed companies to do stuff a certain way for 16, 17 years, and then you just say, oh, we're enforcing that rule, and you don't even give them any notice. And it's just like, you know, keep telling folks, Stephanie, you've been saying this for the longest time. It's like, Playing with fire when you mess around with, uh, you know, you know, you with Twitter. So uh, not just not just that, you know, what's the old the old saying? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yes, mm-hmm. that is the same contingency plan in place. I hope they had a plan B. I hope they was doing something just sitting around waiting for the axe. Um, um, 
<laughs> yeah, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. I, I, I think that stems from, um, which is one of my favorite quotes from Whitney Young Jr., civil rights uh, leader from back in the day, where I think I'm quoting this right, where he says, it is better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So, yeah, this is, you know, I, I hear a lot of folks saying things like, you cannot play in someone else's sandbox and then be upset when they change the rules. I hear that, but having been a developer for a number of years, there are ways that you treat your development community. There, 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 there are ways that you do things. Even if you have developers who have found a loophole and are doing things that you don't necessarily want, you don't just pull the rug out from, well, I guess you can. You just probably shouldn't pull the rug out from under them. Um, well, there are ways you treat your developer community, and then there are ways Elon Musk treats yeah. a developer community. That's a whole different conversation. So, 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 And we already know what it is. So everything that we've talked about Twitter before has really been from the the end user standpoint and how end users feel and this and that and the other. But you have now basically made it clear to developers that they can't trust you. And big companies like Twitter, and I'm just going to say social media companies, big social media companies like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, which I guess is also Facebook and Snapchat. And I'm, I'm trying to think of all of them, Reddit. I mean, all these different companies that are in the social media space that have a developer community, you you, you do not want to, like say, I don't want to say you don't want to be on their bad side, but you don't want to be on the side of where they can't trust you because all they do at this point, all, all the development that's happening right now, as far as Twitter is concerned, is how can we hack it? Um, not saying that people are trying to, you know, be vindictive and go back at it, but that's all that's happening. It's, I don't want to say that it is increased. It's, you know, people have always been trying to do that, but there were organizations that were literally trying to make the platform better by using what they had and coming out and, you know, and, and building these clients that, you know, end users wanted to use that just dried up. So you just don't have that level of talent working on your stuff anymore. And that doesn't mean they're not going to work. They're just going to go work and do other stuff and hate you while they do it. So there's a go ahead, Steph. um, There's a really good article um, that came out on Wired today called "The End Shitification of TikTok," Uh, and the subtitle is "Or How Exactly Platforms Die." And it goes through it before it even gets to TikTok. It talks about Amazon and Twitter and Facebook and different platforms and how the sort of model for these platforms is to capture the users, you know, do a user grab, get as many people on the platform as possible once those people are sort of held hostage to the platform because now there's a billion people and all your friends are there and there's nowhere else for you to go. Then the platform starts shitting on user base in in favor of the developer base or the seller base or, you know, whatever, that next level. But then eventually they start shitting on that um, community as well. And then that brings on the demise of the platform altogether. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, Twitter is just sort of following the the blueprint for that. It's a really good article. That I didn't, it's long though. I didn't finish it all the way, but um, their, their sort of life cycle for internet platforms um, 
tends to follow, sounds like it follows a pattern and it, and it sounds like Twitter is just following that pattern. Yeah. Drop that link in, in, in our show notes. And when I post it, it'll go up tomorrow and we can talk about it. Cause this, 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 we didn't even have this in our rundown. It's literally just something that I'm looking at, like my Twitter feed as we're doing the show. And it's like, dang, people are, I mean, they, they're going hard at Twitter, you know, right now over this. Um, that being said, let me go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, name a, platform, name a software, name a hardware that you can think of off the top of your head to where the platform or the software of the company said, you know, we've got this thing. If you want to make a better one, go do it. Think of like Facebook. Is there like a Facebook clone out there that people use that's just like Facebook and pulls all the Facebook data, but it's different? Think of Instagram. Think of WhatsApp. Not competitors. But like, has somebody said, you know what, WhatsApp is nice. We're going to take the same data. We're going to take the same user information. We're going to do something a little bit different. All that to say, you know, I'm surprised that these companies didn't say, oh, the CEO, the, 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 the leadership is different. What's our contingency plan? You know what I'm saying? So while you can be hot all you want to be and you could, you know, kind of, you know, do whatever. It's just like it, as a business, you know, you, you, your concern should be the business, regardless of what it is. And if something like this, something so trivial were to come along, because this is very trivial. I'm not saying I'm in I'm not in favor. Elon Musk doing it is all at all. I think it's kind of <laughs> lame for him to be doing it. But at the same time, as a business, I don't want to be like, oh, man, our whole business failed because somebody flipped the switch. Like I said, it doesn't it doesn't sound like um, this is any different than any other platform. It 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 does boggle the mind as to why these platforms weren't necessarily prepared. But I, I mean, I guess to sort of play devil's advocate against uh, what you just said, Terrence, um, you know, yeah, you, I guess you should be prepared to pivot and, and understand that, that all, that these things could happen. But when you build your platform around this other platform, that kind of is, that's it. And if the platform goes away or the platform changes, mm-hmm. then you have to be prepared for sort of a, a, a catastrophic event and, and be ready to just, pack up and and go home, basically. Yes. Some of the companies have changed their focus to other things, other development, because they're they're not, I don't want to say that these applications were the only things they were working on, but they were the biggest things they were working on. But um, I I think, you know, in in multiple cases, you know, folks were working on Mastodon clients and stuff like that. So, So they're doing other things. And to Terrence's point, and many people have pointed this out. And I don't think the argument is this for a lot of folks. Twitter was completely within its rights to do exactly what it did. No one is arguing at that point. The point that people are arguing is that you had development companies. You've had people developing on this API the way they've been doing it for 16 years. And you finally decide to enforce the letter of the law without any notification. It's kind of a D move to just do that. Yeah, you can. That's the way to move boxes sometimes. This is like if you, if you weren't so single threaded and, and Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but I don't, 
have a whole lot of sympathy for. I I I do. I, I have sympathy for the fact that you've got people who they were building applications that you know, like I said, it, it it was a relationship that benefited Twitter as well. If you look at a lot of the features that are in Twitter, they came directly from what Twitterific was doing. They came directly from what Tweetbot was doing. It's like, oh, that's a good feature. Let's bring that over into our platform. And I've actually seen people say, it's like, oh, well, that really sucks that, you know, Twitter's going to actually in their own platform do the thing that somebody else is doing. And it's like, no, you, you know, you know that when you are, when you are building these tools in somebody else's sandbox, they're going to say, oh, that's a good feature. Let's bring that into ours. And I've even seen developers say, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the gig, but to just, and do we not understand capitalism? Yeah. But for, all? you know, you know, for, it's like you show up at the sandbox and it's, it's, it's not even that they had a sign up to say the sandbox is closed. It's like Twitter packed up the sandbox and moved it inside the house. It's like you can no longer get to it anymore. It's like, you know, th- th- this is done. So and it's like they didn't have to do that. Twitter, someone knew that this was going to be the ramification. They said, yeah, we don't care. Let's go ahead and do it anyway. Um, well, I, actually, I mean, the same way they did. Like we're going to talk about it, but the same way Google just laid all these people off in emails so, and didn't tell them. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like this is this is what companies do. Like I don't know why anybody is surprised that these corporations are acting like corporations and and doing whatever the hell. Like I, I, I'm just not sure where the your your level of 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 surprise and disbelief and and and. You know, I, I I don't know where that's coming from. I, I just don't know um, where that's coming from. I am actually surprised that they made the move without even telling anyone that they were making the move. Now, um, to, 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 to go to these companies that you know are using this API and say, hey, for these reasons, we are shutting this down. You could have done it with very little notice, but you could have, you could, it's like they didn't decide to do it the second before they click the, you know, the the end button on the API messages could have been sent out. Something could have been done is all I'm saying. And other companies that do similar things, they do usually, even when they don't have to, even when they don't have to, they give that developer community that notification because they don't want those developers turning on them. I Listen, guess Twitter is saying we just don't care. You're pro, so. you're pro developer, but oh, this yeah. is this is not you know these are these are not normal circumstances. Like I said, it's it's not Twitter. It's Elon Musk, and so you have to yeah, take that true. into consideration as well. These are not normal circumstances. So I know this. I, I wasn't using any one of these uh, clients because essentially, uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, there are third party Twitter clients uh, that essentially uh, Twitter is now outlawed. But there are other third-party uh, applications like Buffer. Stephanie, you use Buffer, right? Or I know you've used it. I did. You used, oh, used I, to use it. I, well, I use Hootsuite more okay. um, exclusively, but I don't. I don't use any of those anymore. So, so yeah. yeah. So, so applications like Hootsuite, Buffer, Tweet Hunter, Hype Fury. I, if, if I were a developer of one of those companies, I would be sweating bullets right now because even though these apps aren't quote unquote Twitter clients and you aren't directly replacing functionality of Twitter, they do pull tweets into the application and, and they, they're not displaying those ads. So I would be shaking, right? It's like, okay, wh- what are we doing? I mean, we, we would be doing some long hours trying to figure out how do we continue to survive if they come after us next? Because there's, there's nothing that indicates that they won't do it. So 
Well, I was just going to say the difference is what you said in the beginning was completely replicate and replace Twitter. That's not what Hootsuite, that's not what some of these mm-hmm. things do. So they've got a little bit of grace. But at, yeah, but at the same time, you see how it went down with these other cats. So Buffer and Hootsuite <laughs> and some of these other social things that let you pull analytics from Twitter. I would be like, all right. <laughs> We got some work mm-hmm. to do to figure out what happens if this dude decide to flip the switch, you know, so we can be ready. Yeah. So, so anyway, like I said, that, that is the, the unscripted part of the, the tech job. We didn't have that in well, the just notes. One more thing Go about ahead. Twitter real quick. Uh, another thing that came out of this is no longer do you get to see where somebody tweeted from. No Twitter for iPhone, no Twitter for Android, no Twitter for some of these other things. Of course, other things got axed. So if you're using Tweet Terrific, so if you was using TweetBot, if you're using some of these other ones, none of them now. If you go on Twitter right now and post a tweet from your iPhone, from your Android, from Mac, from whatever the case may be, that no longer appears in those tweets. So I just thought that was interesting as well. And they 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 made that change a a, a minute ago. But do you do you, do you have any idea why they've done that? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Ask Elon. <laughs> you know what? That, that could have been the foreshadowing. Is like, hey. Maybe that was the warning. If, if, red flags. If, if tweets from your program ain't coming from statement. your program anymore, then maybe you should take that as a hint as to we about to do some other stuff too. So, y'all, the, the big news over the last week, and this is always big news, is, is usually when, when Apple comes out with some new stuff. And they did. They've got new processors. They've got new devices. But Terrence, they did this event a little different. It, it wasn't the big... You know, the big to do event. This is more of a recorded message where they kind of just put it out on their channels and said, Hey, here's what we're doing. Why don't you tell us about uh, some of the new chips and some of the new hardware coming out from Apple? So <laughs> the way Apple announced their new Macs and their new computer chips processors is the way <laughs> the sculptor or Boston should have announced that MLK statue. They should have did a curated experience with a video. To exactly show you how this thing is supposed to look at the right angle. What's in the information? What do you, what do we want you to know as a company and what do we want you to see? So basically what Apple did was they did a, um, a couple, a series of anywhere from 15 to 17, 20 minute videos of all these new products. What makes this a little bit different is most people assume that Apple's going to do a live event. Um, but this time they just did some videos. So I don't know. Am I frozen? Can you see me? Yeah. You are frozen. We hear you, but you are frozen. Okay. You can hear me now. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let the video catch up. But like I was saying, this makes it a little bit different because Apple did a, uh, presentation, a video, not even a live event where they do kind of like a Tim Cook comes on live and kind of says something and takes to a video. Weren't they supposed to do one, but it got canceled and this is just them putting out the videos they, pre-recorded that would have been in that a part of that live presentation or something like that either that or people are commenting or having a conversation around is this the future for apple events you know when wwdc comes around are they going to do a video presentation when the iphone event in september rolls around are they going to do a video presentation or are they saying hey you know the hot things are wwdc when they announce a new ios the hot things are the new iPhone, the new Apple Watch, the new iPad when those come out in September, October, everything else. And we just do a video. So new MacBook Pros came out, new computer chips came out. 
they are all video. So I think that's kind of like the the question that people want to know is what is Apple going to do going forward with anything that's not an iPhone? When well, anything that's not a new uh, iOS. Wasn't this just the chip announcement though? Well, we'll were the it. were the actual devices were the machines mm-hmm. redesigned or was this just a chip well, announcement? Well, if they wasn't redesigned. It was a chip announcement. So the new chips that came out are the M2 Pro and the M2 Max, and they are there to replace the M1 Pro, the M1, the M1 Pro, and the M1 Max. These are the new processors, and like I said, Rob put out some quick specs. You get 10 to 12 GP, uh, cores. You got up to 19 GPU cores for the M2 Pro. The M2 Max, you got up to 12 cores, up to 38 GPU cores, and up to 96 gigs of unified memory. So past computers, you were getting like 32. Now with these M2 Max, you can build a computer that has up to 96 gigs of unified memory, which I can't think of anybody that needs all that memory. But if you got the money, I ain't telling you how to spend your money. <laughs> uh, overall, like the differences, you're looking at about 20 cent, 20% difference between the m1 um chips and m2 chips so if you have like for instance i have an m1 macbook pro if i were to spend the extra money which again from i can tell myself how to spend my money and i ain't dropping that money (laughs) my m1 does just fine but if you were looking to do an m2 um macbook pro you're looking at about 20 percent of increased performance across the devices and like you said stephanie they look exactly the same. The well, M2 MacBook Pros look exactly the same. And that was M1 Pros. my point yeah. about the um, events, about Apple mm-hmm. events. I think because there wasn't an obvious well, hardware upgrade uh, design-wise for you this, can ma- you can I make think that they same were just argument. like... Well, I was going to say, you can make that same argument for these iPhones. The last three have looked mighty the same. The Apple Watches, the last three have looked mighty the same. But they do a live event for those joints. I think I think Apple knows where their bread is buttered. Yeah, they know where their money's and, coming from. And I don't think um, MacBook Pros are a volume type thing. And they no. are a, that's how we started. So we're just going to keep these computers rolling. But and, and I they think, make the money off the iPhones. I think as far as the events go, Stephanie, to your point, is that when they actually have a new macbook pro because these, these really are just refreshes they're taking the old hardware and putting new processors in them that's, for lack yeah, of a and that's, word. that was my point it um, was like we didn't get new we didn't get new hardware we right. just got new chips so which- not so not for the macbook pros which i just talked about mm. uh not for the mac minis they also did a new mac mini with the m2 chip as well but something that, that's on here that we did get well i'll take that back not even new hardware for that i was gonna say the new home pod um, it's the same HomePod as the original one that they announced. It's just like a couple hundred dollars cheaper and it's got additional sensors. So to answer your question in its entirety, no, Apple did not announce new hardware redesigns. They just announced these new chips. So maybe that's the reason why Apple said, eh, we'll just give them a video. Right. Now, here here is one thing that that is significant with the new Mac. Min- well, because yeah, I guess these are new Mac minis um, because it's it's a hundred dollars cheaper. So, and they do have additional ports. Yeah, on, on the, yeah. The Mac, the Mac Mini Pro Mac does Mini. have two yeah. additional Thunder ports, so there it, it is physically different than the old one. But what's really getting me is that these things started now six hundred bucks, and if you're a student and get the educational discount, you're talking about five hundred dollars for a Mac. Um, that you can't. I don't want to say you can't buy a better PC for that money. 
it's going to be difficult <laughs> to buy a better PC yeah. for that money. Like I said, somebody, yeah. I'm certain somebody who listens to the show, cause I can go, I can go put one together for less than what that would cost. But yeah, you had to put the sweat equity into actually building it yourself. Right. This is one where I can walk to Best Buy, Walmart or the Apple store and just get one. Right. Um, for 500. No, I agree. I actually, um, you know, for like half a second, because I'm a PC girl. Uh, I'm an iPhone girl, but I'm also still a PC girl. I actually considered for half a second that many. I was like, man, that many might not be a bad idea, but I would have to get yet another monitor because right now my configuration is I have a a ginormous HP all-in-one plus a secondary Dell monitor to do the whole two monitor, you know, extend setup. Um, so I would have to get a second, another monitor. Um, and it just, you know, I'm just like, and it, that whole transition into the, um, Apple ecosystem fully is, is I'm still just sort of <laughs> delaying that process as much as possible. And um, the mini only comes with a maximum of two terabytes uh, hard drive. You can only get up to two terabytes um, on the mini, which probably is, is fine, but I would, I think I would want a little bit bigger hard drive, the See, option to have a little bit bigger hard drive. So I can't even remember who asked me. Somebody recently asked me in our group, uh, in, in our discord, what did I do? Cause I had been talking about months ago, I was thinking about getting the M1 Mac mini mm-hmm. and I never did it. My daughter ended up, you know, uh, you know, my, my daughter got a new Mac. She passed her old one down to me. So I basically got a, like a five-year-old MacBook pro that right. is a wonderful device. It does exactly what I needed to do. Um, you know, as a secondary device, it is not my primary driver. That being said, these things are now getting so inexpensive to where it's like, eh. but you're right. Cause I thought about the same thing. It's like, I just go pick one up, get my daughter's educational I discount. She's still in school. Know, 500 not? for this, you know, you know, get the Apple. I don't need another, I don't need another laptop and I definitely don't need to spend $2,400 for another laptop at this point in my life. But, um, but I was like another desk, a new desktop, like I said, to start yeah. getting myself into the, the Apple ecosystem I don't know. Maybe. So I'm not 100% certain that I, I have a tactile keyboard. Mm-hmm. I think it will work on a Mac, but I would have to go check to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would have to get like a KVM. The monitors that I have, I would need to change them, but I would need to get something to be able to very easily switch back and forth over. So that's probably like another couple hundred dollars to do that. I would definitely want to get like a, like one of the, you know, the touchpad things for, you know, for Macs. If I was going to do it, I kind of want to get one of those anyway, you know, for using this MacBook Pro. And I'm like, by the time I get done, I have just now built a new PC. You know, l- literally, I have a whole nother set of PC stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just roll with my daughter's, you know, old hand-me-down MacBook Pro. Like I said, it's, it, it runs that few applications that I need, you know, to run on a Mac on it just fine. I look at this. And I'm like, man, th- these things are relatively inexpensive. And last year, I had, you know, you know, a bunch of nieces and nephews that went off to college and everyone that I know, they come, they, 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 they still think of me as the computer guy. And they ask me, Hey, what should we be getting such and such to go to college? And send this invoice right quick. And then I'm going to do this research <laughs> and get back at you. <laughs> in in almost every instance, in almost every instance, 
It was get them a Mac because in the case of my daughter, my youngest, she could care less as, she's, as long as I can run, you know, as long as I can run Google Docs on it and stuff like that, because that's what she's growing up using. She says she, she didn't care what she got. Uh, my nephew, same way. My other niece, she was already using the Mac, so it wasn't a thing for her. Um, so I have never recommended Macs before, but I've started doing that because it's just like for, for what you're going to get for the price. This is a really, really good, solid device. Um, when you get support on it, support is, you know, you know, you know, Apple care is great on, on these devices. Um, I have used it on a couple of occasions. So $500, like I said, 500 with a discount. That is why would you buy a PC when you can get a Mac, <laughs> you know, with this, with this processor in it for the same money? Like I said, for folks who are building their own PCs, you're excluded from the conversation for people who are just going to go to Best Buy and buy something off the shelf. This might be one of the best $600 pieces of hardware that you can get. Yeah. So I don't disagree. So, uh, Terrence, what you were saying, there was something, something about the home pod. Oh no, I was, I was, uh, thinking out loud. Uh, Stephanie was mentioning there was no new hardware, um, and technically, no, there was new new hardware. It's just a bunch of uh, inside um, tech spec bumps, and the and I was like, "Well, no, they announced the HomePod." I'm like, "Nope, it's the same, not the, the same, same, it's the same design <laughs> as the original uh, large HomePod." When they first announced the large HomePod, they're having a bunch of issues with it. They wouldn't pair. You know, if you bought two, one, it was mad expensive. I think it was like four hundred dollars. And when they first came out and if you bought two, they were having stereo pairing problems. Um, they were having problems. They was damaging people's tables. Like if you had a nice wood coffee table, something about the bottom of it was See? making a ring. Mm. Right. Right. That's, so they had a that lot bullshit of, right there. <laughs> right? So they was having a lot of problems, a lot of problems. And then they finally decided to discontinue the HomePod in 2021, I want to say. And then what they did was they came out with the HomePod Mini, which is the one that kind of the little competes, right? Competes little, against the Echo, little competes, bullet, little nugget right. looking one. Yeah, right, the little right. little um, what am I what am I trying to think of? Not nugget, uh, but like pellet kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So that's supposed to compete against the the in, the entry level Echoes, the Amazon Echoes, the entry level Google Nest. It's a that dot, that Echo dot is yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that would yeah. And and it's a hundred dollars, so that's the one that sold like hotcakes. But then you know it sounds like well, me personally, as a Apple fan, as an audio fan, I was looking forward to something that is a little more whole house audio versus kind of like a personal assistant in every room. The HomePod Minis are fine with the sound, but if I'm like having friends over, if I want to listen to some music while I'm cleaning up, you know, want to crank it up, something like that, you know, the HomePod had a place. So I guess Apple decided to bring it back. So they've got this new HomePod. It's a hundred dollars cheaper than the original one that came out. It looks the same, has a more of a um, nicer interface for Siri. So instead of just in addition to just talking to Siri to do like the like if you got home kit, if you want to check the weather, things like that, uh, the the touch interface on the top is a little more um, what's the what's the word responsive, a little, you know, gives you a little bit more features. You know, but other than that, it's the same design, just better insides, uh, better interface, 
has a couple sensors. It has like a, a temperature sensor. So instead of private previously, if it didn't have a temperature sensor, you'd have to be connected to like a smart thermostat to find out what the temperature is without looking like if you just said, hey, you know, what what what's the temperature in the room uh, with this? You don't have to have a have it attached to a smart thermostat. It has a temperature sensor in it and it has a humidity sensor. Again, I know I'm, I'm not a sister, so I ain't worried about my hair and the humidity, but if you need to find out what the humidity is in your room to protect your edges, you know, this new uh, home. I mean, can, that's important. <laughs> this new home pod can do that. But again, going back to the original point, uh, all the stuff that Apple announced in this, um, curated video presentation or series of presentations is spec bumps, internal upgrades, but no new redesigns, no new colors, nothing special like that. Stephanie, if I had to go on on a limb, I would bet that this is the new way they do their refreshes because it's got to be a lot less expensive. Well, like I said, I don't I just think it's for this one. You wouldn't have gotten journalists to fly out for that. You know what I mean? Just to come and hear about uh, chip upgrades. You know what I mean? So and, and I think they knew that. I think they probably had put enough feelers out to, you know, a few folks and um, without giving it away, quote unquote, um, I think they had put enough feelers out to enough folks and and knew that they weren't going to get people to come in to come in for that. So. Well, yeah, you, well, you've had for previous announcements of this caliber that they did have folks fly out for the folks who flew out said, you could have put this in a video and sent me something under embargo <laughs> and right. I would have still wrote what I was going to write. Right. So that might just be but, them saying, yep. And it saves us money too. So, but no one, exactly. People, but no one people, if Apple starts doing this on the regular, you know, again, not counting the WWDC where they announced a new iOS, not counting the new iPhones. If everything else is a video presentation, I guarantee these tech bloggers, these tech outlets are going to be writing these long think pieces about the death of Apple events. And I remember a time where uh nostalgia and we all hang out as press nerds to kind oh, of absolutely <laughs> but that and it'll come back around and then there'll be some huge live event i mean i think this but i think this probably plays into our our next story about all the layoffs and things like that i think you know i think right now tech is shrinking you know sure. for for all intents and purposes across the board as far as um personnel budgets, spending, marketing, advertising, like I think tech is just shrinking right now. It's, it's in a, it's in a contraction phase or a, a, a bear phase. If we're using, you know, Wall Street terms, um, you know, we're in a bear phase. So I think this goes along with that idea that we got to start cutting back. And, and this is just the start of that. I think we're going to see a lot more of this across the board, you know, with, with every company. So. Which well, is appreciated if Apple decided, you know what, we're going to cut back on some of these in live events, do this video, save some money so we don't have to lay people off. We'll do that. Unless. Well, they're not going to do that either. <laughs> they're not going well, to. Say, they're doing both. <laughs> well, they could they could make an argument saying, oh, we're cutting back. And the evidence of that is smaller events or whatever versus Google and Microsoft and them. They're just like. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flashing prices. <laughs> well, it's a good lead in, Stephanie, because we'll just go ahead and get into it right now. And I don't want to jinx Apple, but they're like the big tech company that hasn't done riffs yet so i don't want to jinx them but yet they 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 haven't come yet but uh yeah this one here big tech layoffs continue into 2023 so last week let's start with google was set to lay off 12,000 employees microsoft set to lay off 10,000 employees and spotify today announced it's laying off six percent of its force you know this morning They, they just announced it today uh you know you know what is today's day monday the 23rd so this is continuing to happen and it's, it's, it's very visible because when you hear a company like Microsoft just laid off literally thousands upon thousands of people, uh, Google doing the same thing. Uh, we, we heard it with Amazon a month and a half ago. We heard it with Uber. We, I mean, we, we just hear company after company, these big tech names that are doing this. So what do the numbers actually bear out? If you, if you go back to 2022, there's about 70,000 layoffs as far as these big tech firms are concerned. Now, let's just say that, that number is twice that because there's a bunch of little companies that we've never heard of that didn't make the news, you know, but let's just say if we, if we want to, you know, be generous with the numbers, let's say that it was 140,000, but 70,000 from the big companies that we know about. Uh, l- let me put this disclaimer out there for anyone who has been laid off. This is devastating news for you. So I'm, I'm not making light of your personal situation because there's a whole lot of folks who, you know, like I said, Spotify today, you know, folks finding out that they no longer have jobs. You know, you go to Google last week, Microsoft last week. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to say that one of these companies, the way that people found out last Friday was that they literally went to work and if their badge worked, they were still there. <laughs> still and, if it, and if it didn't work, they were out of a job. Well, and that was um, the same thing at Google. There were people that were saying, you know, they didn't check their email Friday after three o'clock or five o'clock. And then so they didn't realize Monday morning they weren't going to have a job to go to. Right. And, you know, that's the kind of thing to me like you, you know, we had that whole conversation at the beginning of the show about developers and Twitter, you know, like, listen, that's it. That is what it is. You knew what the policy was yeah. and you knew there was a chance that that policy might get enforced at some point. This is different. You know what I mean? You don't you don't do that to people um, and their livelihoods where you literally aren't telling folks, you know, until the last minute yet. If I don't give you two weeks notice, you know, Man, then then I'm the bad guy, guy and and I don't get a reference and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, blackballed in the industry and all the rest of that stuff. You know what I'm That's saying? Crazy. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous. Well, this is how you know that companies are going to do 
what companies are going to do. And that is in almost, in almost every case is going to be about making the money. This is, this is just bad optics, Microsoft. You lay people off, but the day before you lay people off, you have a private concert with Sting and Davos for all your executives. It's like, you didn't think that earth was going to, going to hear that. And it's just, it's just an opportunity to make you look bad in doing what you're doing now. So like I said, you should have no, you should not be disillusioned to think that this is not what's going to happen. This is what companies are not going to do these kind of things. They are, you know, we'll talk about the ones who don't that, you know, that, 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 that do something different, but there's so few of them that those conversations are far and few in between. But it's like, you can't have a private concert with Sting and Sting is a bad boy. He's a bad boy by himself. He was a bad boy with the police, but you don't have a private concert with Sting that probably cost you a quarter million to a half million dollars. And then the next morning you lay off 10,000 folks. That's just not a good look. It's like, could you have like, they knew they were going to do the riff probably days or weeks before they actually pulled the date, you know, you know, pulled it. It's like, Oh, we got this conference coming up. Maybe we should wait until the following week. It's like, and then he's come. At some point, you just got to. He's had the nerve to be um, doing interviews, talking about quiet pit quitting back back earlier this fall when people was just doing right. what was mm-hmm. required. You right. know, <laughs> this is yeah. not. It is. It's, 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 it's really required. ridiculous. And it's just, you know, indicative of capitalism. Yep, basically. So, so the capitalism reason- at its finest. The reason I put this story in our rundown is because I actually got a question from somebody over the week, you know, over the week who said, so, hey, it's like with all these layoffs that are happening is now still a good time to go into IT. So, as I said, for the individuals and there are tens of thousands of them at this point who have been laid off, this absolutely sucks for you. And I'm not making light of your personal situation, but when we look at the macro, when we look at the industry as a whole, so, you know, a, a couple things. No, layoffs hit different if you've been around for a minute. So I went through the, you know, actually all three of us went through the initial dot com bubble back in early, you know, what was that, you know, 99, 2000. But see, I didn't. I was waiting for you to get to this part because, oh, well, because I stayed my ass at Lockheed. I used to work <laughs> for Lockheed Martin for anybody that doesn't know. I was a systems engineer for Lockheed Martin and um I stayed my ass there and I can still remember very, very vividly, like literally probably 95% of my friends, 97% of my friends that ran to those dot coms when, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all, all the lime wire and, and, and what was the, what was the main one with the boy, the, the, the down, the music downloads, Napster, uh, Napster, yeah. like when all of those companies came up and I mean, internet, pet.com, po- almost with the pet.com. I'm so popping up. They was popping up like, like weeds everywhere and, and, and they was paying. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, they almost got me because they was paying and people were getting double and triple what I was making at Lockheed and, you know, but it wasn't even a year. I don't even think it was 18 months before all them people was right back at Lockheed. And I was just like, I'm so glad I did not leave this job. So I got to be groveling to get back up in here and, and, and uprooting my life again. Cause a lot of the people I live, you know, I'm in the Philadelphia area, the greater Philadelphia area. And there were a, um, there were enough 
companies, enough dot coms in this area that a lot of people didn't actually have to move to go take advantage of these new jobs. Um, but a lot of people did, you know, mm. a lot of people oh, and this is, their whole this, lives. This is 2000. So this is way before right. relocating, you know, did you know all working the from the crib, you know, 100%, exactly. So. And, and it was just like you had to move and, and be out. And, and, and I'm telling you, it wasn't even 18 months and all these people was back because these companies had folded. And, you know, once the dust settled and, and everything was everything, I was just like, I was like, mm, Holy Spirit was like, Steph, stay your behind at that good salary job, job with them good benefits and, and just chill for a minute and see what happens. And, and all I, when I tell you all them people was back inside of two years, it was crazy, crazy. And again, again, like you said, Rob, not to make light of people going through this right now, but hopefully this takes a mask off of corporations and how they do business and how they, you know, uh, stay in the black and how they meet their bottom line and how they treat employees. You know, hopefully people will, you know, not necessarily, you know, get hit to the game. But, you know, these companies are going to look out for their best interests mm-hmm. at so the end of the day, all day, at, as you, an employee, should be looking out for your best interests. And companies will tell you all day long. We're a family. Companies will tell you all day long that we care about company culture. Companies will tell you all day long they care about loyalty and <laughs> your dedication will right. show up and, you know, Take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it aligns, if it aligns with what you are trying to do as a person, then it aligns. If it don't align, you know, don't feel like you got to be beholden to this company because X, Y, and Z stuff in the company mission, stuff in the company vision, and then their, char- their charge or charter or whatever. <laughs> that stuff don't mean nothing when it's time for them to either they're going to go into black or they're going to go into red and they're going to go into black and you are going to be kicked to the curb if that means they got to stay in the black. So, I mean, hopefully right. it just just people are wising up and are more smart about the decisions that they make and your what you do as a job title and where you work should not be who you are a majority of who you are, your value, you know, you should have values. You should have, you know, hobbies. I don't know. I don't, you know, it, you, a lot of people get wrapped up into what they do at their job and what company they work for. And I don't, I, I think this will wake people up to say, Hey, you know what? I am more than just this job. I'm more than just this title. I'm more than just this company. So when these things do happen, it's messed up, but you know what? I'll pick up the pieces. I'll recover. I also can, this may be an unpopular opinion, (laughs) but I got to put this out there too. Cause you know, we talk about, are there going to be jobs in IT? Are there going to, are tech jobs? Technical tech jobs will always be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I get on this horse a little bit, a lot. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just quote unquote in tech because that was the sexy place to be and they was paying and you could get the bag and, you know, go take this six week coding boot camp and go get your ass a computer science degree. Like, like I, I, I'm going, you know, I got to be because I did it and, and, you know, and I still hold, you know, in honor the 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 formal education and training and and that's not necessarily needs to be everybody's path but 
stop trying to get shortcuts into the tech industry and respect STEM enough in general to, to be willing to do the work. We need more people. That's why y'all ain't got no jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, not everybody, but, but the people that got computer science degrees are still working. The people mm-hmm. that are, are systems engineers are still working. The people that are software engineers are still working. You know what I mean? So when you're, when you're thinking about careers in tech, you know, everybody ain't going to be a systems engineer. Everybody's not going to be a software developer. I get it. I get it. That stuff is hard and mm-hmm. it requires a lot of work and study and, and practice and, you know, years and years that, that everybody does not have the privilege to have. I, I understand my privilege and being able to make this statement. However, I still feel very strongly that, you know, traditional core STEM professionals get pushed to the side in this conversation that we've been having about tech and the tech space for years now because it was sexy to be an entrepreneur and it was sexy to get venture capital money and it was sexy to to raise a series A or a series B and that's fantastic but them ain't the ones keeping the tech industry running right now and they right. never will be and and so you know I gotta go out on a limb for my peoples that was in the trenches, you know, getting them degrees and studying and, and, and staying up all night, learning how to code and all the rest of that stuff. And if you're looking for an entree into this space, consider that and be willing to do the work. And, and right. we need to, you know, and we need to be encouraging our young people that have the capacity to do that to go ahead and take those steps as well because you know that's where we're falling behind as a community that's where America is falling behind you know as a country in not having those people that have those actual skills to to keep the backbone of the technology industry going so I'm gonna just get off my soapbox <laughs> right there no it's a good soapbox it's a good point and we we, we talk about that darn near weekly uh, you know, you know, you, you bring, you bring that perspective all the time. And we, and we weren't going to even get into this, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll have to, you know, put this in a rundown for a show coming up. We got to talk about no code tools. Right now is the time you should, you should not be worried about no code. You should know how to code because if you want to make sure to it's like, you know, the no code tools have to be coded by somebody who knows code. Right. But I did want to get back to just, you know, some of these statistics that we have here. So as I said earlier, last year, in 2022, we lost 70,000 tech jobs uh, due to layoffs. Those were, once again, they were primarily from the big tech companies that you hear about in the news. Um, tech postings overall, though, from January to October, were up 25% year over year for the same, for the same time frame. And here is the other thing. I'm going to actually read this, you know, as I wrote it. The number of tech openings is larger than the number of layoffs by a wide margin. I mean, it's, it's not even close. So we're talking about 70,000 layoffs in 2022. It's like 358,000 open positions in 2022. So just for do the developers. math. For, you know, for, for develop, just, just wait a minute, just for developers and engineers. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, let, let's be, that's not all tech jobs. When you think about all tech jobs, that number is probably significantly higher than that. Just developers and engineers, 360,000 job openings last year. Here is another thing. We, we keep hearing about Microsoft and Google and Spotify, you know, the company that just announced today. These are big tech companies. Most tech jobs are not for big tech companies. People who work well, in hospitals proves, and for grocery stores. That just speaks to Terrence's yeah, point. Yeah. 
is, you know, being tied to wanting to say I'm a Googler or I'm a I, I'm a black Twitter or whatever the black people that work at Twitter call themselves. And like everybody has these things and they want to they want that cachet of being able to say I work at this company. And, you know, you want to get those perks and the the the. The foosball table and, and yeah, and all that. Th- call, you know what I'm saying? You're worried mm-hmm. about the wrong stuff right now. Go take your behind to a Lockheed or, <laughs> or a hospital or, you know, somebody's IT. Or department. basically any company with 50 or more employees. I mean, they all That's have, like, you know, if you are That's a, it. if you are a medium sized business, you probably spend millions of dollars or more a year on your IT. That is, that is the way of the world. So when we think about it, there are, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, when you, when you hear Microsoft, yes, Microsoft has tens of th- hundreds of thousands of employees at Microsoft. But when you talk about like people don't realize if you think about like state and local government, like, you know, if, if you work in, you know, public sector, that's the biggest job in the United States. Um, most people who work uh, don't work there, but that is the single biggest employer of people in the country. So when you start to look about, oh, you could literally be working for this company or that company. If, if it is a large company, a, a, a small to medium sized business probably is going to have an IT department and an IT department are people who have tech jobs and those and jobs those people are probably getting paid more than they're probably getting like paid more 90% of people at the um, company. They don't necessarily have the stock option. So it may not be a complete compensation package, but when it comes to how much do you make per hour or what is your salary, those folks probably make a little bit more. Um, and those are, we're not hearing about layoffs in mass from those companies. Those those companies are the ones we need people, you know, can, can, can we go to this college and set a program up? Can we go to that college and set a program up? Because they need bodies in seats. They know that when you look at the baby boomers who are retiring in mass, um, you know, another part of this, a lot of people who are getting laid off from these companies are actually asking for it. They, they are like, Hey, can, can I get take that early can, out? Can I get that 16 weeks. And two weeks per year, and I've been here 20 years, I take that. Um, l- let me go ahead and get that and get started on my vacation or my vacation on my retirement early. But there's a lot of folks who are transitioning out of the, you know, out of the IT world more so than those who are coming into it. So we keep hearing all these stories. And, and I understand, like I said, I, I, I want to keep reiterating this. I, I feel wholeheartedly for the people who are actually being laid off. Because you may have been laid off in a, in, in a place that you were going into and the, and the job opening requires you to go in someplace that's not near where you are. That may require a life change for you. I get that. But there are immense opportunities in the IT world if you have the skills to do the coding, the engineering, and the, the, the sales engineering. The, 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 those are the big three. It's like Every organization that sells stuff is looking for people who can come and talk about it technically. They're looking for people who can come and develop. They're looking for people who can come and support. They're, you know, they're, they're looking for all of these. You have to take your ego out of the job search. If you're looking for a job in IT, there are jobs in IT. And, and that's just the bottom line. You just got to take your ego out of it and understand that you may not be working at Google in New York City or in San Francisco or, you know, in the shiny new cylindrical Apple building. Building, you know, Apple one or Apple way, whatever, like that might not be your, your, your destiny or your lane. Like just go get a job, go mm-hmm. get a job. So y'all, we're going to get to our last story. And Stephanie, when you put this in here, you just put the number two thirty 
and finally <laughs> fall. And this is how much of a tech nerd I am. I do exactly what you were talking about with having without having read any articles. So I'm just going to read it and then let you explain what's going on. Will Section 230 finally fall? Should it? Does Section 230 actually protect us? Why don't you tell the people who are not nerds like us what you were actually referring to when it comes to Section 230 and how companies may or may not be able to operate depending on how the Supreme Court decides to go? Right. So Section 230, first of all, it's it's a section of the Communications Decency Act that was enacted in 1996. Um, They call it the 26 words that created the Internet. Section 230 reads as follows. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher of or speaker of information provided by another information content provider. So that basically means that the social media platforms of the world, the Vimeos of the world, the YouTubes of the world are not responsible for the content that third party people provide to the platform. So people like you and me or publishers or anybody, any of the content on YouTube is not YouTube's responsibility. Basically, it's the responsibility of the person that posted it to the platform. So that is how... um social media companies and everybody else gets around all of the egregious ass stuff that you can Mm -hmm. find on their platforms right now. And why this is important is because in 2015, um, there was an ISIS attack in Paris where a young woman got killed and her family is suing YouTube because it, the algorithm recommended more ISIS content to people that are looking for ISIS content. So if you go on YouTube and you type in ISIS, the little sidebar on the side of it will 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 have a whole hell of a bunch of other ISIS videos. Um and you know the 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 family is saying that because these platforms recommend the algorithms recommend more of the same type of content that you've already said you were interested in that was what was able to indoctrinate whoever it was that did this terror attack that killed their daughter. Um, And so this, this case is now headed to the Supreme court next month to, to be decided. And, and it may have implications for changing section 230 as we know it. Um, And will it just be, so the, the question now becomes, is it just the algorithmic recommendation part of section 230 or will these platforms now be responsible for all of the content on their platforms? Will moderation policies need to change? Like what are the ramifications of this? And, and they're huge. I mean, it, it, it will change how the internet operates. I think um, um altogether to be perfect honest because I I've always felt like they that the platforms need to be responsible for the stuff on their on their uh platforms the the services need to be responsible for the stuff on their platforms I think the moderation needs to change you know when I when I read this my my solution to it was not necessarily um don't I, I I don't know if this is an overly simplistic view of this. I guess I'll preface by saying that. But I was like, why do you need to recommend anything? That that right. was my that was my 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 question. You know, as I'm reading this, I'm like, why do the platforms actually need to recommend anything? I think 
you could probably get away with returning search um Results. terms like you yeah. like if i search for isis you can show me all the isis videos i can stand but if i but you don't need to recommend more isis videos like that so i was just like why do point. you actually need to recommend anything yeah and i was gonna say you know i mean they could make a case simply to a point to where it's like you don't even have to indicate that you would like to see more videos of these you could just type iphone you know, and then these algorithms have got you locked in with all this content. And before you know it, you feel like, all right, well, YouTube ain't number a bunch of iPhone videos because you can't get out of the can't algorithm. get out of the iPhone <laughs> recommendations. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I could see how, you know, people could make the case that, OK, the algorithm is uh, um, a a force that could have an effect on somebody, how they view things. And as a result, they should be liable in some shape, form or fashion. And if you're not even going to argue the actual content, right? Because I do believe that, you know, the content, but how people find the content should be argued. Right. There's a case for that. Right. So, so I, I have two opinions on this. And they're diametrically opposed to each other. So I'm going to go with first opinion goes back to there was a time when I actually ran a fairly large website, um, it was at the, at the time, it was one of the biggest Blackberry websites on the Internet outranked outranked research in motion for certain Blackberry terms and this and that and the other. It was it was a pretty popular site when I had comments on that site. You would well, you, you, you well, you two would believe because you're into this, but some of the some of the vile stuff that people would say that had nothing to do with a phone, a phone case, a screen protector, you know, what software you could run on you. Some of the craziest stuff that people will put out there is like, my goodness is like, what kind of mind do you have to even write, you know, something like that, that other people could read it. Um, and I did have spam filters and over time I got more and more and more, but I got to the point where I just literally had to turn off comments because it was just, it, it, it got to the point to where if I'm going to be liable for this, I can't, I, I just can't do this. It's like, you know, there, right. there's too much. It's like, um, you know, you know, that, that site remarkable at the, at the height, I probably had at the height of it myself and three other people who were writing on it. And it was getting like 1.9 million page views a month. And I would literally get tens of thousands of comments on, you know, on, on things from us. There's just no way that four people can go through all of that. So we had to use, uh, you know, you know, um, basically moderation. You had to use, uh, you know, things that technically were using AI. They were looking for certain words and sometimes stuff just got through. Now we weren't recommending based off of that stuff. That, that was just what the comments were until we got to the point to where like, you know what, just tired of this, just turn it off. Um, so from that standpoint, I would not want to be a company that's going, that, that is allowing my user base to create content that's going to go on my platform. And because someone put something out that is against the law, my company now is also in violation of the law. That part, I hope that they kind of stay with that. If I go to just the other side of my brain and say, you know what? There, there, there is opportunity for companies that if they basically just have a, uh, you know, they can post whatever they want. We talked about this last week. 
why are people, why are companies always looking for loopholes? It's like if if there is a way for you to not be uh, liable for some of this stuff, some of the stuff that is the most vile and vicious stuff is going to show up on your platform. If you are if you are going to be somewhat liable for it, then you're going to do what you need to do um, to make sure that that kind of content doesn't appear on, on your platform. So I don't know how we solve that. I, I, I think but it's nuanced. That, that's different, though. That what you said is is not necessarily what the issue is here, because, again, it, it, it speaks back to recommendations. And I think the way the companies get around it is you just don't. I mean, now, granted, the user experience is going to be drastically mm-hmm. different and and it's probably going to suck big time <laughs> because if I type in iPhone and I get back a billion search results for iPhone and I have to spend two hours looking for the actual video that I really, really wanted to see about iPhone, you know, that's going to make my experience, you know, way less. But, but now we get into, now you just got to ask for, uh, you got to be more specific about what you ask for, you know, the same way, all of these, the same way, you know, chat GPT, you, you'd be very specific and it gives you back something very specific. That's going to make people step up their, their search term game basically. Mm-hmm. But when I search for something, you don't have to show me anything besides what I searched for. You okay. know what I mean? And, and I think. I think you can do that in a way that still removes the liability from the company for the content on the platform without actually serving up objectionable content to somebody targeted. targeted yes. Targeted and objectionable content to somebody based on something they search for. So here's, here's my thoughts on that. Um, I be, so so let's say that this goes to where companies you are you you are going to be found liable for what you recommend. Um, there's going to be some type of financial penalty. I think these companies make so much money based off of these recommendations and getting you to view more content and see more ads that that's just how they will start to operate. Okay, well you know what now these ads are going to cost more for our you know you know for our clientele. Um, but we're still going to serve them and we basically will just pay the fines when our algorithm messes up and catch it and puts the wrong thing out. I truly believe that's what they're going to do. Why? Because money, they make so much money. The, the reason that they do this, the reason that they make these recommendations is because, you know, they, they have, they have many PhDs working at these organizations that all they do is figure out if we do this, what are people, how are people going to react to it? All, all they are doing is trying to psychologically figure out what do we have to do to get you to make us more money? That is what their whole departments at Google do this. I think what they're going to end up doing though, is make a distinction in the language between what a recommendation is and, 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 and an ad. Cause I think that'll get them around this part of it. What you just said about the money. If, if it's, if it's just a matter, because then if it's an ad, you can put that onus back on the person that paid mm-hmm. for the ad. Um, but again, like the recommendations, like I said, if I'm looking at YouTube and that sidebar has a thousand more, you know, whatever videos because that's what I search for that I think that's different 
then, you know, when I put something in the search bar up at the top and those first three, you know, things that come back are the ads, I think they can make a distinction there. And I think that's how they're going to get around it. Oh, and, and that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if they the companies make so much money off of recommendations of additional content just to get you to keep you there longer so that you can see more ads. It's not necessarily, you know, if if you if Google is putting out or whomever is putting out ads for ISIS, then they got, they got bigger problems than what we're talking about here. What What's happening, what I think in this particular case and, you know, um, this happened over in the UK is that these you know, the, these recommendation engines are, you know, the, you, they kept putting out this type of content and that was what allowed to indoctrinate somebody. I think that they're going to still allow it to happen because as long as you're watching those videos, there's more opportunities for search engine companies to, you know, to make, to make money. So I, I don't know that this is going to get solved anytime in the, you know, in, in, in the, in the near future. I don't know. Yeah. That, uh, I kind of think that the status quo is kind of going to is kind of going to just kind of stay. They they may make some tweaks that you have to get better at it, you know, um, it, it doing yeah. some things, but it, these well, companies make too much money. And, and because the the people making the decisions, I don't think know enough about what's actually that's happening. What, that's what to, I was gonna say to make a a good deterrent. Like you got freaking eighty year old justices. Talking about what we going to do about YouTube, like they don't know, you know what I mean. So until we get some people that actually know what's Pipes going on, tubes, yeah. So yeah, th- this and the, this and the government, I'll say, and the government just as responsible as maintaining the status quo as companies are. Yeah, yeah. they are. Right. Yeah. That's why government's so hard to understand in the first place. So y'all, we we are we are at that time. We actually we actually are over oh. that time. We had a long show today, but it was it was it was good conversations. But as we always do at the end of our shows, we want to give shout outs to our patrons and folks who give us raises. So our first shout out goes to Rohan, who became a patron earlier this week. And so we want to give you your flowers. And we also want to uh, give a shout out to D.D. Phillips. Now, I have to admit, D.D. Phillips is like a brother to me. This is one of my closest friends. Our children call each other cousin. Uh, but he actually gave us a raise. And, and so I know, I know he will hear this tomorrow. He's a truck driver. He'll hear this tomorrow in the truck. So, so, uh, so big DD got to give you, uh, your flowers for, uh, holding the tech job down. So for anyone else who would like to become a patron of the Tech John, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. That is patreon.com forward slash the Tech J-A-W-N. And we've got multiple tiers over there. Any one of those tiers helps support us. And one of the benefits that you get if you were to join any one of those tiers is you can actually watch us do the live stream recording of the Tech John and then hang out with us for a bit after the show and what we call our after party. So once again, head over to Patreon patreon.com forward slash the tech j-a-w-n if you would like to support the tech john so with that tech life Steph, tell the folks how they can get at you all around the web at tech life Steph. follow me holla and you can find me at brother tech that's b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h and I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things. And want to just do one little promo for our Discord. We've opened up the Discord to the to the public. So head over to the techjohn.com forward slash Discord. And if you want to holler at us over on Discord, you can do that there. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey. Peace. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.